Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please go to the new podcast episodes page of todaysautisticmoment.com where you will find all the shows and download the program scripts with all of the hyperlinks I mention on each show and the interview transcripts, including the transcripts for this episode. Interview transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. If you want to listen to any previously published shows and see the program scripts and interview transcripts, go to the episode index page. Also be sure to follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Please join today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook where you can talk with me and other listeners. The next Autistic Voices Roundtable discussion will be on Wednesday, July 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. The topic that will be discussed is the dangers of medical myths. I will be joined by several autistic individuals to talk about why myths such as vaccines cause autism and pregnant women who take Tylenol risk giving birth to autistic children or ADHD children are so detrimental to autistic people. The roundtable discussion will be live streamed on Facebook. You can also access the meeting through the link that will be provided on July 20th at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash autistic voices. This live virtual roundtable discussion is sponsored by Looking Forward Life Coaching, Minnesota Independence College and Community, and Tazfots LLC. The Autistic Voices roundtable discussions are crucial because as the title implies, the voices of autistic individuals are central to the conversations. One of the reasons we have as many challenges in society as we do is because the voices that matter most are not heard or acknowledged. Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions is one way we can work on changing that. All of the Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions are recorded and they are made available on YouTube and through the todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash Autistic Voices forward slash. July 4th 
is one of my least favorite days of the year. To be perfectly honest, the summer is my worst time of the year for my seasonal depression. I know that I am not the only autistic adults who feels this way. The heat and humidity drain my energy. If I step outside, the extreme heat and humidity feels like 300 pounds of pressure squeezing me. I hate the sound of fireworks exploding. I have been hearing them from my neighbors all weekend. I so do not go out for the displays at 10 p.m. in my local area. The sound of fireworks exploding is too painful. I have heard from many other autistic adults that summer is a difficult time because the sun is brighter during the day. There are more people outside, children screaming as they play. There are many of us who wear our noise-canceling headphones whenever we hear the sound of lawnmower engines or trees being cut, road construction nearby, and motorcycle engines racing down the road. There are way too many things out of our control happening during the seasons when our depression is most intense. If you are one of those people who tries to tell others around you what these experiences are like for you, but they just don't get it, my guests Becca, Lori, Hector, and I not only get it, we experience it too. Becca was diagnosed on the autism spectrum as an adult. Becca has become a dedicated autism neurodiversity advocate, researcher, consultant, speaker, and author. Becca's focus is on helping autistic people find a positive life. Becca teaches a course entitled Self-Defined Life, A Path to a Quality Autistic Life. Becca Lori Hector and Doug Bletcher host their own podcast, The Info Dump Files. After this first commercial break, Becca and I will give you some suggestions for taking care of ourselves during seasonal depression, because if we don't, no one else is going to do it for us. Please stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services.
life managing you, or are you managing your life? Do you want to find more peace in your life? For many of our clients, self-care is a key to success. Skill building and feedback is essential for self-care. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps provide structure through our person-centered approach that has demonstrated growth for many of our clients. If you or a loved one needs help with structure and strategies around self-care, please visit us at www.lookingforwardlc.org, email us at info at lookingforwardlc.org, or call us at 612-504-7414. Self-care and resiliency can help you weather the storms of life. Looking for life coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones toward success. Welcome back. And now it is my privilege to welcome my special guest, Becca Laurie Hector. Becca, thank you for being on today's autistic moment, especially on this July 4th, which for many of us autistics is one of the worst days of the year because of fireworks and parties and noise and groups. And so, um, I think it's a great idea to be having a show today. Maybe, you know, so autistics can find something they can maybe hold on to during the day, maybe listen yeah. to that, that, you know, speaks to where they are. Um, and I have a particular reason. Uh, I'm sure that some are asking the question, why am I having a conversation about self-care during seasonal depression? In the middle, at the beginning of the summer, and I do have a reason for that. Um, I, um, a few years ago, my own therapist explained to me that I and many autistic individuals are the exact opposite of the general population. Mm-hmm. There's many of us who experience more seasonal depression in the summer and less in the winter for various reasons. It can be because of the fact that there are more people out and about because it's hotter, hot heat, uh, heat and humidity tends to be one of my problems during the summer months. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more socializing going on and we just kind of want to be away from it. Um, there's just a lot more stuff that's happening. A lot of routines are just broken. A lot mm-hmm. of things are going on. So for some of us, um, summer is our worst time of the year. So um, as we start this summer self-care series, I want to start, wanted to start with, let's talk about self-care during seasonal depression. So Becca, let's begin our conversation as I always do. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about when we talk about self-care during seasonal depression? 
what we need to understand, I think, just like with everything else that affects actually human beings, right, is that we all have our own version of it. So what seasonal depression looks like for each of us is different. Right. right. How it impacts our lives for how long, when it begins, when it ends. Right. What the cycle right. is like. Is it medication responsive? Is it not medication responsive? Um, do any of the other um, non-traditional paths work for you? All of that stuff. So it's very individualized. So I think people somehow assume that when you get a diagnosis of any kind or you talk about a diagnosis like that, that uh, it, somehow everyone who has that label is exactly the same. Um, right. but no, what you have is, is a set of symptoms in common with someone. So for a certain time of the year, you know, your depression has like an extra layer to it. It's like an extra plus upgrade to your depression. Um, right. and, and it's interesting that you brought up um, the seasonal depression thing for you being in the summertime, because um, I used to have seasonal depression worse in the summertime. So I've, I, and I now have it in the, only the winter time. And I think for me, the reason that that happened is because um, I once I learned about my autism, I was able to um, eliminate some of the things in the summer for myself that were causing the depression. And so what I got left with is instead of having like a double bonus of depression, having it in the winter and the summer, I was able to alleviate some of my summertime stuff um, so that now I only get it once a year. Right. But yeah. I also am someone who is heat sensitive. I don't like, I mean, I'm light sensitive. So when the sun's out for more hours and it's more sunshine and hotter sunshine, right? Um, that's, you know, that's the thing. And it's also changed for me as I've aged, right? Right. Some yeah. points in my life, I was more sensitive, other times, not so much. Um, and so that's what I like people to remember is like, yes, it's an idea of a thing that's happening to you and it gives you a name and a way to address your symptoms. But we're all going to be, you know, different in our own ways with how we express our seasonal depression. Right. Yeah. And, and there's going to be very different things that will impact it. Uh, I know that a few years back when before we moved into the home we're living in now that my environment played a really big role in my depression during the summer because we were living in a smaller apartment complex. There were a lot of kids outside making, making noise. And, you know, we just, I felt, just felt so trapped in that. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk next, next show about, about managing sensory pro processing overload and meltdown, but I felt like I was on sensory processing overload just about every day because of the noise, the heat, and the just just all sorts of things. Right, because it's we, like at that, yeah. for, in the same way that in the winter time, you know, we lose sunlight, and pe some people get affected by that. Right? right, you're affected by other components of the change in the season, and that's what you know that's what's playing in here right it's what, right. what now first you changed your environment and you said already that it was a little bit different right because now you like where you're stuck inside right 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 exactly yeah yeah yes and the thing the thing is is that the, among the reasons i wanted to do this summer of self-care series is to kind of help make uh, a case that for many autistics not all because we know that we're not all the same once something is knocked off balance, mm -hmm. it can set everything else off balance. And it can take quite a bit of time, sometimes days, for that, us to get that balance back. Mm -hmm. 
because our sense of returning to quote, our normal doesn't happen quite the same way as it might for someone who is not autistic. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. And I think when something like the sunlight or something like how hot it is outside or how many people are outside doing their loud things, right? That's all out of your control. And that can add to the depression, right? Yes, it can. Like levels it up because it's, you know, I wish I could go out there and be like, shut up children, stop enjoying the sunshine, (laughs) right? Imagine that we all went out there, but you can't. And so you have to figure out your own way of like navigating through that. But for us, when sensory changes for us, it's so impactful. I mean, it's like, it really just changes our whole way of functioning and how we're feeling in our skin and a lot of other things. And so when it's the sensory for you in the summer and it's not in your control, super frustrating and if you don't have a safe space to go from it right even right worse. yeah that's the piece of yeah. it that i would love for us to talk about is not yeah, so much what it's like to have seasonal depression but what can you do about making it easier to get through it right right yeah and uh, you know let's i always do this in my shows but we're talking about what are these boundaries, what are these, sorry, what are these barriers that we experience? Mm-hmm. And it can be any number of things. I mean, there are some autistics, their seasonal depression is during the holidays at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do for them with the fact that their social environment is so out of their control. There's more family on Thanksgiving. Every family, most family is gathered on Christmas. They're just kind of, or, or, you know, Jewish holiday, whatever those holidays are, they're confronted with this social, this explosion of socializing that they're just not used to. Then the older we get, the more layers of that you have, like the more times you've been through it. So you start to like prepare and you cringe and you're like, no, it's coming. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like, okay, there, there has to be a way around it. And, And there are a multitude of triggers for seasonal depression. And I think that's a misnomer that we aren't shared with, right? Think think seasonal depression and people think immediately, oh, lack of sunshine. So you need your vitamins or sit in front of a light and all of these things. Yeah. For autistics, it can be a sensory depression. It can be a trauma-induced depression, like the emotional roller coaster of the holidays, right? Yeah. And it can also be, it can also have to do, you know, I've been making a case ahead of the 4th of July about, you know, please don't force autistics to attend fireworks and other things if that's not something that we can really take because that's not going to help us at all. But yet there's, there's, there are those who feel that they must, you must go, you have to go. Yes. And those, I can mean, talk remove about that. <laughs> yeah. Always, right. Right. I call those the supposed tos, right? Like right. You're supposed to go do this thing. You're supposed to, and that you're going to somehow disappoint the people in your life. Well, right. the truth is that if you're surrounded with the right people in your life, they get that you don't want to be there and they get that it's hard for you and they get all of those things. And, um, yeah. you know, it's about um, people understanding that what's fun for one person is not necessarily fun for another person, right? After this next commercial break, Becca, Lori, Hector, and I are going to talk about the importance of having an action plan ahead of seasonal depression, as well as the importance of communicating with others what we need and just doing more self-care so that we are the ones 
that put ourselves first when we are experiencing seasonal depression. Please stay tuned. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and co-workers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, Please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. July 4th is not the best day for many autistics and other neurodivergent people and individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder. The loud sound of the fireworks exploding can be a terrible trigger for the sensory processing needs of many such individuals. If you are someone who is affected by the sound of fireworks exploding, wear your noise-canceling headphones with or without music playing to decrease the sound of the fireworks. I also recommend finding a sensory safe space where you can fidget or do something you enjoy to distract you. If you are a caregiver of an autistic person of any age who is affected by such sounds, please do not force them to attend the fireworks as the brightness of the lights and the loud noise from them can be painful and can set their sensory processing input on overload. Let them wear their noise-canceling headphones without saying negative things to those who react to these sounds. They are not pretending nor do they need to be made to feel that they are doing anything wrong. Another concern is for many neurodivergents who are hyposensitive, as in they need more sensory stimulation before they can feel anything. Many of them might not be able to detect when a grill is too hot to put their hands near it. It is best that they not be near or use things that could be harmful to them without some kind of supervised assistance. 
Happy Independence Day from today's artistic moment. And for some of us autistics, it's not, it's not just a matter of what we like or don't like. It can also just be, this is just something I just can't tolerate. I, I can't be in this environment. It, it, it scares me. It makes me uncomfortable. I get, you know, nervous and, or whatever. And, and quite frankly, a lot of us, myself included, we get into a place like that. We just shut down, just mm -hmm. forget it. And, you know? hard, and it's it's no easy task to climb out of a shutdown and right. It's, right it's no easy task to try to recharge from things that because we're not when we talk about sensory it's uh it's a very physical experience for us to yeah. get yeah. overloaded and so you know it's sort of like taking your senses and sticking them on a roller coaster right yeah. and then they get off and they need a moment to sit still to like recoup right yeah. it's a lot to process for our brains and i think you know we're learning as a world that you know we should think about all of these things I and mean, silent fireworks are now happening and people are trying to make accommodations yeah. right? in weird ways we're hearing about it but the truth is the only way to really show people that you know how to take care of yourself is to learn to say no thank you right right, right. yeah and 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 um yeah, and I mean, I know, I know a lot of it is just a lot of the depression comes because we have to prepare for we have to, and and this is going to come when we talk about self advocacy, and this is where self care is so important. I think it is very important that we talk about ways of preparing yourself for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's it's really it's really important as part of self care to have a a plan. Mm -hmm. of what you're going to do beforehand about what things you're going to say some things you might do you might come up with things like uh you know i mean if i'm having a sensory day when when i'm feeling more depressed or i'm feeling more anxious i will put up a sign on my door that says do not disturb <laughs> you know mm -hmm. just it, sometimes you have to do those things for yourself you have to right. and and i think there's this feeling for for many of us autistics that we get you know like you said we need to we want to please people right but sometimes in trying to please other people the most damage we do is to ourselves yep you know we, we take we, we take our, our, go ahead so it's it's what i say it's like we we cross our own boundaries when we do yes. that right or we or we surrender them much too easily correct Right. And, and it's that desire to be liked, to be loved, right. To be forgiven for your little bit of extra that you are. Right. 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 And so what I say to people is I would rather somebody like me because the time I spend with them is quality time. And to me, that means like, I'm here, all my spoons are here. I'm not exhausted. I'm giving you my, like all of myself. And I can't do that if I'm in an environment that causes me sensory overload. 
I can't do that if I don't have proper recharge time to take care of myself. I can't. I just end up being a crappy person in terms of how I take care of myself and then a crappy friend in terms of the time that I spend with people. So instead I say, no, I'd rather spend this time alone taking care of me so that when I spend time with you, it's good time and it's, we're all having fun, right? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get, get ourselves into, I always say, I love this. I, I say, you know, what steps can we take to, um, what steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs? This is where we want to talk about some strategies for self-care. Yes. And, you know, recognizing, because um, I know Zephyr's going to say it next week, but, you know, she's, uh, Zephyr's going to come in and, and they're going to say, what works for me may not work for you. And if that's the case, that's the way, that's okay. So we want to stress that just because we come up with these ideas, they're just suggestions. But if there's something that doesn't work for you, you're, of course, you have to do what's best for you. But let's give them some tips and ideas here. Absolutely. And, and also with that, I want to say, as we go out into the world as disabled people, remember that we're not the only disabled people, right? And sometimes things that accommodate us can then unaccommodate somebody else with a disability. We have some... Right battle of the disabilities, right? And battle of the accommodations. So um, we also just wanna be coherent about our fellow disabled people, right? And make sure that right. we're not unaccommodating them. Um, but beyond that, what I say is, I want to repeat what you said earlier, which is to say balance. It's the balance, right? We're all seeking somehow this balance. A lot of autistics live a life that's very roller coastery. Like we've right. got our stuff together, we put ourselves into it, into it, into it. And then we're like, okay, I am exhausted, right? And we right. stop what it is, whether it's the thing we do for joy, whether it's the job, whatever it is. And then we cycle back down into this like downward spiral. And then we got to work our way back up. And all I want for autistics is that feeling of balance where we don't feel depleted or um, exhausted in a way that not non-autistics don't get. I don't know how else right. to explain it, right? Well, that, that's a good one. That's a good way to start. And, and when I say self-care, I mean, uh, you know, if you must retreat for a while, you've, you, you have to do it. And you have to explain to people that you need to do it, right. you know. And the you way know, to, to create the balance that I'm talking about is exactly that, is saying no sometimes and retreating sometimes and knowing right. that you've hit your limit and knowing all of those things. So um, a lot of what I think self-care is is really self-knowledge, right? Agreed. So finding out what it is about you specifically or this environment or that person or what is the trigger that's happening in that situation and how can I, can I eliminate it? Where is it coming from? Does this person or situation just not work for me, period, no more, right? right. And being able to make those decisions, but that comes from a willingness to do some of the hard work which is exploring what those triggers are for you, exploring what too much sensory is, what makes up too much sensory for you, right? Right. Yeah, and how that relates to how much how much that influences our seasonal depression. Right. You know, we know we know that during seasonal depression there are many things impacting us. Mm -hmm. The social expectations, the sensory part, the you know, um everything from um you know, the things that we must do during the summer to prepare us for the fall. Some of us are working our way through debt during the summer to get ready for the fall, ready to go to, go to school, 
ready to, to maybe take on a new job. Maybe we're starting a new job in the summertime. And, and, you know, when you're not, when you're not seasonally, when you're seasonally unhappy, that's, 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 a, that's even harder than mm-hmm. in some cases, but, you know, we still have to do some things that re- we really do to take care of ourselves. Right. And, um, you know, I, I say, you know, if you really have, you know, you're taking time to, to be alone in a space and fidget or stim, do it and don't apologize just do it and you know even if you're out and around and you know and you and you you, there's a way that you can find either something to look at that you know helps you change what you're you're looking at your 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 visuals um those things are part of self-care they are you know right yeah yeah that's you know how we decide to care for ourselves like how we decide to i always say spend our spoons right so how you're choosing to be out in the world and what you're choosing to use your energy for needs to change in response to your seasonal depression. So like myself, when I know my, at this point, I now have paid attention to it enough that I know sort of when it usually starts and I know sort of when it kind of ends for me. And I know what my early symptoms are of it coming on. And when that happens for me, I say, okay, this is going to kick in. And that means I'm going to be a little bit more susceptible to exhaustion, a little bit more susceptible to meltdowns, a little bit more susceptible to shutdown. Cause that's what the seasonal depression, depression does for me. I feel like it literally creates another, like, depression has one layer around me and then seasonal depression comes in and it's like okay there's a whole other layer of jello now that I have to fight through to get out into the world and so I have to remember kindness to myself in that time and I have to say do less in that right don't say yes to so many things um save you know if you have things you want to write about wait till you know it's sort of lifting things like that but remembering that in your in that the kindness. It's really easy to get angry at yourself for feeling that way because it's so cyclical. But instead, if we shift our energy to, oh, this is medically what's happening to me and I need to adjust my lifestyle accordingly for this period of time, you know? Yeah. Well, let, let's also speak to some autistics that because I know this can happen to me. I know others it can happen to. You don't realize it's happening until somebody tells you, mm-hmm. you know, because we're just not aware that our moods are changing, our habits are changing, yeah. our and all that. How how might how might they do some more self care for themselves? Um, I really honestly, so first of all, other people can be a great clue in. Somebody who truly loves you will tell you, right? If you know I, you have seasonal depression, and someone who truly loves you knows you also have it, and when it usually comes on, they're a really good key in that your moods are shifting. They're the first ones that are going to notice and know what goes on for you. So I think they're great clues. The other stuff that um, I think are secret clues are actually the biggest one is negative self-talk. So I think as soon as our seasonal depression begins to kick in, we, we begin this frustration that like we can't, again, control this, that this is just part of our lives, right? It's part of our cycle, our mental health. And it gets very frustrating and we start to get angry really fast. <laughs> we start to like yeah. angry at ourselves too. Not like we get angry at the world. Sometimes I get irrationally angry, like mad at the sun that I can't have the nighttime and things like that. Right, yeah. Most of the time we turn it on ourselves and we get frustrated with self and angry at self. And so I notice for myself, if I see, I see at the beginning of my seasonal depression an uptick in my negative self-talk. 
mm-hmm. right? Where I'm meaner to myself more often, where I beat myself up just that little bit more, right? Um, and that for me is a big clue. I have a lot of struggles with interoception, right? I can't yes. I don't want the connection between body brain, right? And yep. from years of not wanting to use it. So now I have to re-engage with that system. And for me, I too won't notice my mood shifts and blah, 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 blah. But I do notice when my negative self-talk changes, right? Okay. I'm like, okay, that's why it's so personal. It's like, even the things that might be happening for you that other people don't notice, they notice the moods or whatever, but the other stuff you notice, the lack right. of, right? The lack of, right. you do want to do things like hygiene, like, right? right? Mm. Big old clues in that we're, we're in another level of depression, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes when we're in seasonal depression, I know we tend to want to reach out for those things that are more predictable that we can, we, some of us, we just play the same music over and over again. Sometimes we watch the same show over and over again. And that is self-care. That's self-care. Self-care, do it all over the place. I watch the same movies because I know what's, and I like it and I find comfort in the repetition, right? Right. Yeah. And so why not do those things? It's like, I don't know where in the world at some point people decided they could tell other people how to do their own self-care, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Point, that was how the medical profession decided it was going to go down. Well, here's a surprise for you. Nobody can know yourself better than you. You spend exactly. Impact, you spend so much time with yourself that you don't want to spend it with yourself anymore. So like, that's how much time all of that conversation is having. And you're like, yeah having right yeah yeah the other thing that i can't i i feel we need to talk about as we continue and get towards the end of this talk about self-care for this is that it is very important that we work on building some kind of social support supportive network Mm -hmm. um thanks to uh social media we know that you know sometimes you know, being with somebody in person isn't our favorite thing to do when we're, you know, feeling like this. But, you know, what I can't help notice, especially like on LinkedIn and even a place, a few places on Facebook, there are groups of autistics who are, who are making community there and saying, I'm feeling this. I don't know what to do. And there are autistics who will reach out to you and say, this is what I do. Maybe this will work for you. Yep. Or no, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Right? We right. I know better than any non-autistic what can help you. Why? Because we have a little bit more life experience with what another autistic is struggling with, right? Than right, exactly. But yeah. no matter what advice I'm giving, it'll never be better than what you know, right? Right. And so there's like that, that whole idea. And, and I think we are especially those of us that get diagnosed late, that self-exploration, that self-identity, you know, creating your own identity and knowing your values and knowing your priorities. Mm-hmm. We don't have the luxury of ever exploring that because nobody teaches that directly. After this final commercial break, Becca and I are going to talk about why you need to replace the word sorry and not apologize for taking care of yourself during seasonal depression And Becca is going to tell you a little bit more about what she does. Followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned.
Today's autistic moment is at the midway point of the second season. The guests have been outstanding and the topics well received. Plans are already being made for season three in 2023. I need you to do your part in helping me to ensure today's autistic moment as an informational resource to encourage autistic adults and their caregivers to become part of the movement for neurodiversity. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the blue button on any of the pages to donate to my Patreon page. You can also purchase a spinner fidget for $4.99 plus sales tax, shipping, and handling. The spinner fidgets will give you hours of stimming pleasure and you can support the work of today's autistic moment at the same time. Another way you can support the work of today's autistic moment is to share the show through your social media networks. Thank you for your support of today's autistic moment. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. On July 18th, Zephyr James will be here to talk about self-care during sensory overload or meltdown. Zephyr's understanding of their own sensory limitation needs makes Zephyr a fantastic guest to talk about this topic. Many non-autistic people just cannot grasp that sensory overload or meltdown is a very painful and traumatic episode that wipes out our energy to a point where we must rest and become better regulated. Zephyr will share with us some suggestions so that we can take care of ourselves. The Summer of Self-Care series will continue in August when Becca Laurie Hector will return to talk about two different topics. On August 8th, Becca and I will talk about self-care during a crisis. Crises for autistic adults comes from things like not getting hired for a job, getting rejected by someone you were dating. Maybe you got a notice that your support services were canceled. Your pet needs to go to the vet. Maybe you are facing the real threat of homelessness. Autistics face more crises of various kinds and it adds more stress on top of our challenging lives. When people around you try to minimize the impact of those crises on you, it worsens our situation. Lori and I will give more advice on what you can do to take care of yourself in those moments. On August 22nd, Becca and I will talk about self-care during an election year. Election years bring with them a lot of stress to add on to our stressful lives. Newspaper and our blog articles, social media ads, television ads, emails are coming at us one after another with negative messages that bombard our senses. We become so overwhelmed, frustrated, and burned out. 
Each effort to turn things off leads us to another source that adds more informational overload, like people expressing their opinions when you are already tired. The Summer of Self-Care series will conclude with some helpful ideas of how you can look after yourself during an election year. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. And, you know, a few years back, I, I gave, I gave a presentation at a uh, autistic community summit about the importance of self-care to do effective self-advocacy. And I begin that with what I've said on my show many, many times. I said, first and number one is to become the expert about your own autism. I like to call it the expert about your own brand, make, and model of mm-hmm. autism, okay? Yep. And then also to become the expert about communicating about it. You know, don't mm-hmm. wait for somebody else to, make, to, to be the expert about you. You become the expert about your autism and communicating right. your needs, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and what we're doing here is exactly what I also love to reiterate is to say, we need to tell our stories about what being autistic means for us to people around us by using that communication, mm-hmm. you know, and because our yeah. brains, we live in a, right, because the neuro majority has a, a brain language that's different than ours. Right. We have for most of our lives learned to translate our right. brain language into theirs. They're not so good at it. So the obligation right now lies on us to clear that communication. And I only, I think the only time that it is important that we take on that role is in terms of our self-care and in terms of self-advocacy, right? I agree. I agree. And it's like, that's my, it's a big boundary, right? Right, right. right. Don't go stir right. in the pot in my, in my kitchen is what I right. Say, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing is, is you can have, you can have, there are people you can read all the books about autism from any number of groups or stuff. They can, you know, read the, I don't know, the images people put online or, or all the other things that people put up. But hearing those things directly from an autistic person, this is what happens to me when that happens. Mm-hmm. They need to hear that from us. Right. I, you're right. Yeah. We, and, 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 you know, and never, never, I, 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 this is one of those things I have to teach myself to never apologize for Mm. taking care of your autistic self. Right. I always, I, I really long time ago, somebody said, replace the word, sorry, with another word or uh, replace, apologize with another word. So thank you is a great one. It slots right in. And so if you're gonna, you feel like the polite thing to do is say, I'm sorry. I always say, Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your whatever it is, right? Thank you for your understanding. 
what whatever it is instead of apologizing for what it is that you're asking for because we deserve to get what it is that we need just right absolutely born and we breathe oxygen that's it and for agreed that totally agree yeah totally agree before I before I we we uh, end this, I'd like you to just talk a little bit about what you do through your website, mm -hmm. and I know that you do some other programs for autistic people, I believe. So why don't you talk a little bit about that before we before we finish out today? Sure. Um, so this topic and and what we're going to be talking about during the summer is all things that I really work on. It's my passion. So I'm really passionate about autistic quality of life. And everything that I teach is what's called the realm of personal development, but used to be self-care. And um, oh. we, um, what I do is I teach autistic people, or I created a course to teach autistic people how to create a life they don't need a vacation from. So in other words, a life that feels true to your autistic self. And when I teach, I say to your autistic self and your brand of autism, right? right like right. you need to create a life that works for you as an individual. Um, and I teach you a bunch of skill sets that I consider to be the very basics of how to functionally be an adult, that nobody teaches you anything right. for real about. Um, and that's what I do. I kind of teach people why our brains you know, create that people pleasing mentality and where we put ourselves second, third, fourth, fifth, last, right? Yes. Um, and how to break that down and rebuild a life where you take your, you are first, where you have value, where mm -hmm. you know, what you care about matters. The Agreed. Most, all of those things. So that's yeah. the course that I teach. Um, and then I teach some seminars that are like hyper-focused on a particular topic, like right. masking or spoon and time management. Yeah. Um, things like that. Because when I got diagnosed 10 years ago, my life was a mess. I didn't mm -hmm. know how to take care of myself. Nobody taught mm -hmm. me. My brain needed to learn. Right. And so I went on this adventure, you know, after my diagnosis to figure out what I was missing. Like, right. why did everybody else like life so much? What was I missing? And so yeah. um, I've really just taken my lessons through neurotypical, you know, personal development land and made them yeah. that we can use. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, well, and you have a website, um, which I will include on my on the adult autism resources links page. Would you tell them what that link is, please? Sure. Uh, it is Becca Laurie, L-O-R-Y dot com. Um, I'm also on, of course, all the social media platforms and all of that. Um, but you can get in touch with me through my website and attach to all of those things there. Um, my writing and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, very good. Well, thank you, Becca, and uh, my audience knows, uh, but Becca's going to be back in August uh, to talk about um, self-care during a crisis, and then also to talk about one subject that I think is extremely important, to talk about self-care during an election year when the pressure is really on everybody. So um, I think that I really feel that it's important to have these conversations. But next week, um, next episode, uh, I'm going to have it with Zephyr James because Zephyr is a friend of mine. And Zephyr is just one of those people who has just so well in taking, doing her own self-care for, for her sensory and, you know, has done some exceptional um, presentations about, about sensory, Thanks. sensory, you know. So um, I, I know you're all going to enjoy her because uh, she's been on before, but uh, Zephyr is going to talk about self-care during a uh, sensory overload or meltdown, and I know that 
I need to be reminded to do that fairly often. So, but uh, Becca, thank you for being on and we'll see you in August. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events announced with links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board forward slash. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on July 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., August 14th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., September 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. Registration is now open to attend the fall virtual classes for the Autism Direct Support Certification at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Classes will be held on September 9th, 13th, 23rd, 30th, and October 7th. Scholarships to attend are available, but you must register to attend. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites you to participate in the 27th Annual Awesome Golf Classic on Monday, August 1st at the Highland National Golf Course in St. Paul, Minnesota. Players and sponsors are needed and invited. Go to AUSM.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you have events for autistic adults and our supporters and would like them announced in today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board on July 18th, please send them to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com by 4.30 p.m. on Friday, July 15th. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. I am in the process of planning shows for the fall and for season three in 2023. If you have a topic you would like to discuss and or would like to be a guest for a show, want your business or organization mentioned, or have questions about today's autistic moment, please send an email to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.